Ah, uh, yes. Always tip two sticks on every rock. It's very important. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast where I decide how good I think Matt did, and that's what I base his pay on. Oh, my God. Wait, I haven't been paid this whole time. You think I'm that bad? <laughs> exactly. So far, that's performance terrible. has not been up to snuff. I didn't know there was even a possibility of money. You've earned exactly zero dollars. Because <sighs> What do I tonight, have to do Matt? to earn anything? I show up every time. Yeah, well, you gotta do a little more than that. You gotta do more than show up. That's not what Woody Allen said. Tell me, Matt, we're gonna talk about tipping. Mmm. Like tipping cows? Like tipping cows. We're gonna talk about tipping a cow over. Did you know it causes their organs to explode? Did you know that's an urban myth? <laughs> yes, I did know that. Well, but good. that's what I was told solved. as a child growing up. We're done. Cows can't support their own weight on their side. They just get crushed by their own big organs. Blah, squishy cow. So what else are we really talking about? We're talking about tipping. I, as you know, Matt, and the listener does not know, probably, unless the listener has been stalking me, I just got back to a trip from Paris. Ah, where you tip less than you would normally tip? Yeah, you basically don't tip. As we read the cultural guidelines, you know, the what to expect when you're expecting. And the, uh, the rules basically said, you know, if you're going to like round up to the nearest dollar or something, that's fine. Nearest euro, I guess. Uh, that's fine. But mostly just, you know, don't tip. It's not a thing that they do there. Uh, and that's the case in most of the civilized world. And it's one of the places where America is weird. <sighs> what do you think about tipping, Matt? Before I go on my rant. Doesn't it feel weird to go to another country and not tip? Like, like you're a secret that nobody or you're a secret jerk do we swear on the show i can't remember. oh we swear on the show we don't <laughs> i think now i don't know i can't remember too many podcasts we're gonna have to check our rule books we're gonna have to check um, the books. i feel like a secret jerk if i go to another country and i don't tip as if like somebody else wrote a rule book to trick me it just still feels like an instinct it I does can't feel bad do it. Uh, and i will say like <laughs> you know this is this is why travel is really important because you know if you grow up in the united states as you and i both did matt yeah and you never go anywhere else, it becomes so ingrained in you that tipping is a thing that when you do go somewhere else, it is so alien. Like you said, you know, it, the first couple of places I'm like, it doesn't feel right, but I guess that's all the money we're going to give you. We'll wait for our change and then we'll leave and it feels bad, but yep. it's not bad. It's normal there. And the reason it's normal there is because there, workers get paid by their bosses. What a crazy idea the French have. Huh. So you mean people are paid for their time and service? They're paid for their time and labor by the people that employ weird. them, which is a really novel concept. What a weird idea. That I am going to argue we should adopt here in the United States. Sure. So, so here, I'll give you my, my basic stance on tipping. I will always tip if it seems like the situation where I need to. It seems very odd to me. Like, sometimes I don't quite understand the line between a job where you do tip and a job where you don't, and I'm often caught in the in-between where I'm like, wait, is this the, is this the time? Is this the time where I do it? Am I supposed to give you money? Um, I'm glad it exists for places where people don't get paid enough money, but it does seem better to just pay people the right amount of money. Yeah, and I think there is this perception that it's not possible. So, I mean, the most tipped workers in the United States, as I understand it, restaurant workers, valets, people that you know uh, work at hotels or uh, airports, it's also hair salons and stylists and stuff like that other kinds of personal care things i think oftentimes we have this culture of like it's a very intimate thing then you tip more because 
intimacy, I guess. I don't understand that one. Wait, quite. wait, what? Say that again. What? What is more intimate about what? Well, someone cutting your hair is a more intimate thing than somebody like fixing your plumbing, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, plumbing literally. I'm not talking about any kind of metaphorical plumbing. <laughs> but I think oftentimes, like things where, uh, you know, bedside manner, for lack of a better term, like the 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 interface between the client and the consumer is very intimate is a place where in America we culturally end up tipping as well. But the reality is just these are almost entirely workers that are just underpaid. They're not paid enough for their labor. Therefore, we must tip them, right? And I am against the system of tipping, but I, of course, tip when I go to places where tipping is expected of me because I don't want to basically leave half this person's income off the table because of my dumb sort of stance about a system. Uh, but I think, I think, Matt, I think it was this widely held belief in this country that those jobs can't be paid well, right? Like, well, we can't afford to pay waiters and waitresses and still run a run a restaurant. Therefore, we have to leave some of this, pass the buck on to the customer to tip. But yeah. that argument doesn't make sense. Like, have you ever heard someone say that or like, have you ever gotten that sense from somebody? But it doesn't yeah, make sense, for right? for sure. Because- but it, it seems like, well, you're getting money, like the customer is giving money to let's just say it's the restaurant in total right like you're giving that amount of money specifically to the waiter as opposed to the restaurant but you could just take that same amount of money and divvy it up like that's you're still there you're still exchanging hands money is still exchanging hands what is the big difference assuming everyone is tipping let's just say like you know everyone's tipping at a perfect average right then everyone's exactly 20 percent raise the price that for the food (laughs) then the same amount of money changes hands but instead of you know, more tips going to an attractive young woman who's probably been sexually harassed by the clients, uh, the money is doled out evenly to everybody uh, in a fair manner based on performance, or I'm sorry, not based on performance. I mean, based on like, you know, you could base it on seniority or something like that. You've been at the restaurant for five years, you get paid a little more than a brand new waiter or waitress or whatever. Um, but it's not based on the whims of whatever people happen to choose to tip when they came in the door, which mm-hmm. is just it's such a messed up system. And, you know, I always hated tipping. I've always hated tipping my entire life just because it's annoying and it's super annoying to not know when to tip or how much to tip. And in some places you have to tip in cash, you know, in the example of like, you know, someone taking your bags up to your room at a hotel. It's like, what if you don't have cash? Now you're the world's biggest jerk. You know, the Mm -hmm. whole situation is like, it's all messy and annoying. But I've come to realize over the past few years, I've gotten more woke that the real issue with tipping is that it is just this manifestation, this very concrete financial manifestation of all of the systemic problems we have with race and gender and equality in this country, where we basically say like, sure, you're going to get a, a wage. It's well below minimum wage, because in this country, you're allowed to, people, you're allowed to pay tipped workers lower than minimum wage. Uh, so you're going to get some pittance of a wage for your job. And then beyond that, money is basically divvied up uh, and goes primarily to people that are white and people that are male and people that are perceived to be attractive and people that are able-bodied and all the things that, you know, these prejudices that we have built into our system, tipping is just that incarnate, right? Like if you look at so how... To clarify data, what you mean by that, you're saying that because you're like, because a large majority of people are, I, I, I don't know, what would you call it? Train, like... Bias. Trained by their culture, they're biased in some way, so they're going to tip. Uh, they're going to tip more towards certain people. Absolutely. That's, okay. And I, I, I've looked at some data in preparation for this episode. Preparation in air quotes. I did some light googling before you showed up, 
But yeah, the data supports this, right? Like if you look at it, women make way less money in tips generally, and older people make way less money in tips than younger people, and people of color make way less money in tips than white people. And we've all accepted that we're just fine with that because that's the world we're living in right now. Uh, that's how the system works. And it's, this is a perfect example, I think, of a very insidious, very terrible thing that people are willingly able to forgive because, you know, let's say that you are not overtly racist, right? You're not a, you're not a like, person that hates people of other races, right? You think you're, you think you're open-minded. You think you're progressive. Uh, you, just and, think, you just think the Confederate flag is a cultural symbol, is what well, you're saying. No, no, not that. <laughs> um, not that. But uh, so even if you're somebody that's going out there and you're tipping everybody equally, right? I mean, maybe you're actually yeah. being very careful about it. You say, you know what? I always tip exactly 20% because I don't want to like overround or accidentally let some subconscious bias take over for me. That sounds uh, a lot like me, Andy. Sure. Um, in that case, like you're doing your little part, right? But you're still complicit in the system that is mm-hmm. going to be broken for people that are either not working to overcome their subjective bias or their, um, yeah, subjective bias. They're like little thing in their head that they don't, they aren't aware of, right? They don't think they're a racist or a sexist. They just think this person did a bad job where they might've forgiven somebody else for the delay if they had been, you know, looked a little different or matched their expectations for a competent person. Mm-hmm. Um, or the people that are, you know, frankly, just outright racist and sexist. And that is a group of people, too. Um, I hope it's an ever-shrinking group of people, but it's, those people are there. The people that are not going to tip people of color exist. Uh, and that is going to factor into the math of how this system ends up paying out the workers. So because each individual goes and does their part, right, uh, it's very easy to be like, well, the system's not great, but I'm being a good actor in this system. Therefore, you know, that's all I can do and kind of like accept the system as it is, right? And one of the biggest problems with tipping is that there's no way to protest it, right? Like, <laughs> like what are you going to do? I'm going to protest tipping and not tip these people? That's not an acceptable thing to do. I guess you can write letters to your representatives to try and get them to pass a federal law banning tips, but that's not even on the table as far as I can tell uh, in conversations. Although there have been states in the past, apparently, that have passed uh, tipping rules and laws that forbid basically tipped labor. Uh, which is which is interesting. Hmm. Um, so that's one of the ways I think that it's uh, that it's insidious is that I think there's a lot of people that privileged people, mind you, that like to think that because they themselves treat everybody the same, that racism is over or sexism is over or any kind of privilege is over because they themselves are not taking part in you know, the uneven distribution of things. But the reality is they're still participating in a system that is, in fact, distributing things unequally. And that complicitness is part of what makes tipping so insidious because it is able to persist in spite of the fact that, you know, some people out there <laughs> think they're doing the right thing just by tipping everyone equally. Yeah. Well, so uh, what do you think of things that do, like, uh, either people or systems that attempt to opt out of tipping? I, th- I think of one, uh, Uber is an example of, uh, a a place where tips might have been previously expected, and they've built a system where it's just not expected at all. But I don't think they try to make up for it, right? It's just like, yeah, we could do. Oh, well, whole... this is the cost of this is just the cost of service without tip. So we, we can and will do a then? whole episode about, if not Uber specifically, about the sort of like gig economy because I have a lot like of the on demand you might expect. Yeah. Um, but in that scenario, I would guess that Uber made that decision not for the worker's benefit, but for the customer's benefit. Yeah. I think they probably decided it was a bad user experience 
situation to have someone have to decide how much to tip somebody at the end of a ride. And I agree with him on that point, uh, for, certainly. And it's interesting that, you know, Lyft, which is the, you know, slightly marginally less monstrous, perhaps more humane uh, competitor to Uber, does offer tipping, uh, which is interesting because I think they think they're doing it because it's more humane because, oh, now you can tip somebody and give them more yeah. money if you want. But the reality is that that only encourages lower wages, right? When, when Lyft goes and looks at how, many, how much people are making on tips on average, they will certainly decide, well, if everyone's making this many tips, we can afford to pay them less and they'll still take home enough money on average. Uh, it's the kind of thing that uh, this, it's just it's poison. I, I really think that, that tipping is just toxic and you can't allow it in a system. Um, so we'll talk about that at some point, but I don't think Uber is making up for that. I will say that one of the things I read in preparation for this was an article, which I will I'll send to you so you can put in show notes, uh, which is about this restaurateur who got rid of tipping in their restaurant or restaurants uh, and found that everything got better. Service got better, their financials got better, uh, employee satisfaction got better. Like it just made everything better in their in their business. And there's really no downside to it. Now, wasn't um, it like Danny Myers or Tom Kaliki or something like a New York, like runs like a really fancy New York restaurant or a series of restaurants? There's there's a couple people I'm sure that have done this. The article I'm looking at right now is Jay Porter, but I'm sure mm. that there's plenty of examples of the same thing. Uh, yeah. People that had the same experience. And honestly, the, the, the biggest downside I can imagine is that you have to explain to people that they shouldn't and or can't tip which is going to be a conversation that every waiter or waitress has to have with every patron every single night probably for the most part yeah that seems the, the most painful thing is just the cultural shift like i could imagine everybody agreeing like you could agree tomorrow that yeah actually this is better we should just pay people the right wage but getting that message out it's got to be so painful it's just every day of your life is just no you don't understand what we do here and- yeah i think the cultural thing is really tough and you know practically it's also like there are laws that allow people to pay people less than minimum wage. And so if you get rid of tipping, you have to get rid of all those laws. Otherwise, people are just going to be underpaid and now not tipped in addition to that. So there's a lot of like things that have to be dismantled. Um, but the reason, so I don't think I have to make the case too extensively that tipping is just bad practically. And it seems, you know, looking at the data, I'd be hard-pressed even to have some, you know, fairly close-minded person to argue that it's not paying people unfairly, right? Uh, and, yeah. and, and I want to get to this point, point, though, because I think that's all kind of, as far as I'm concerned, a pretty tight case for tipping being bad. And we it seems relatively it. obvious. It seems like the people who are going to argue against you are the people who don't want to pay their employees, right? Well, so I want to talk about the people that are going to argue against it because the reason I'm interested in tipping as a topic for a show, because I mean, if, I, if that's all I was going to say, I would just you know, t- tweet out the link to this article that says, here's why tipping is bad, and people could read it. But there's another layer to this, which is that Yes, I think you get pushback from restaurant owners who currently don't have to pay their employees that much money. You're going to push back from them uh, because they don't want to adjust the way things work to uh, adopt a new system that requires them to pay their employees more, uh, a living wage, which is ridiculous that that's not a normal thing. Um, I also think you get pushback from a lot of normal people, though. And I think the reason you would is because I think in some ways tipping is representative to many people of kind of like a little mini version of the American dream. Like it is representative of what is what are current conservative values in a very kind of direct way, right? And the the current conservative values are like work hard, you get what you deserve, like you are the sort of you are the sort of master of your of your future and the promise of America is that anybody can come here and make it. And what I can picture is conservatives arguing that here is an example of a 
of a black woman waiter who's, you know, older and not conventionally attractive. And look how much money she makes because she goes to the table and makes people laugh and juggles or whatever. And if she did it, everyone else in America can do it. Therefore, any problems we have in this system are the fault of individual people that are just not doing their job as well as they could. and They're not trying hard enough. Uh, right. It's, it's the fault of 20 million individual people that they can't get their own health care. How dare those idiots? That that really is the. I think no. I think you're right. I think you're correct in that. It's just, uh, I can't listen to the party of stupid people anymore. <laughs> I mean, well, is that is that really a logical stance, or is that just like, that's just a feeling that people have, and they need to get over their stupid feelings. So here here's what I'll say about that. I don't think it's a logical sense if you look at the data. If you care about data, I don't think you can argue that stance. Yeah. So yeah, we're systems people, right? Like, yes. I'm more interested in a system that raises everybody than like well if one individual person can do it then therefore that should ripple and everybody can do it like no that's not and how that, it works but that's the thing it's like uh i don't think these people are dumb i think they're ignorant I, I don't think they have seen or felt or known people that have seen and felt the ramifications of this right like if you've never seen it it makes sense you know when i was in high school i worked a number of different tip jobs uh where i was paid very little money and basically worked for tips but i am a charismatic tall uh, as we've as the internet has established, completely average-looking, inoffensive, uh, you know, like able-bodied white person. So a real profile picture. I'm a real profile picture of the average, <laughs> the average American white American youth, cisgendered, heterosexual. So all those things mean that you know I went into a tip job and I was like, this is great. I can do my best and I can make a bunch of money and that feels good because I am getting paid for this sort of hard work that I'm doing. Yeah. You're a real Paul Ryan lookalike. <laughs> not, not too far off, unfortunately. But the thing is that even in that situation where, like, I saw peers, right, that I was working with. This is back when I was, you know, a teenager. So I was not really a fully formed person as all teenagers are sociopaths. But uh, even seeing other people in the same job, right, struggle relative to me, right? Like, I was like, well, this person's struggling because they're smoking pot, and that's their fault. And this person's struggling because mm -hmm. they dropped out of high school, and that's their fault. And uh, it's so easy to have that opinion uh, until you've really read and really listened to people of a different perspective than you. But once you've done that, it becomes so clear that, yes, it logically makes no sense if you look at the data, but it also emotionally makes no sense because for every anecdote you can pull out of being like, well, racism's over because, look, Barack Obama was the president, so if, if a black guy can be the president, then surely no one's racist. Uh, you know, for every anecdote like that you can pull out, you can pull out 10,000 anecdotes of completely capable, hardworking, genuinely great people that have been held down by some kind of subconscious, subtle prejudice, and in some cases not subtle at all, uh, and, and tipping is the perfect manifestation of that. But that's not the reason I think you get the pushback. I think the reason you get the pushback is that not only does this represent kind of America incarnate, this little like nugget of the American dream, like we're the underdogs, but we're going to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we're going to work really hard and accomplish things. I think it also is the like perfect manifestation of like this privileged fantasy of withholding things from poor people until they have earned them. Like, I think it's being in that seat, being in the seat to say, no, you don't get this until you've earned it, that people like. Uh, and, you know, rich people get to do that all the time, right? Because if you're a wealthy person, then you yeah. get to hire maids and you get to hire uh, people to work on your property and you get to maybe run a company and you have employees. In that situation, like, you get to live out that fantasy, basically, right? Because you are... A provider, you're an employer, you're, you're, you're somebody in this position. If you're somebody that 
is lower class, doesn't have the economic value or the economic means to sort of be in that position in a, in a typical day-to-day scenario, all you have to do is go to a restaurant and all of a sudden you are the king and or queen of your domain and you get to decide how much this lowly peon gets to make for their labor of bringing you a sandwich and a bowl of soup. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that fantasy, which is like steeped in years and years and years of privilege and white supremacy and capitalism and uh, you know all of these sort of disgusting toxic systems that have made America what it is, is why even a poor person that would benefit from a change in laws that said that you have to get paid for your labor uh, fairly and you're not going to get paid by tips and would know people that are waiters and waitresses that would benefit from that law change would not want to do it because what they would lose is the ability to sit in a booth and feel like they for once are the invisible hand that gets to say no when the system has held people down for so long. I have always judged people by how they treat a waiter or waitress. So I think, like, I, th- I mean, I think it's just, I think you're right. I think it is just like, well, here is the, you get to have the feeling of power. And why would you ever let anyone take that away from you? But it's, I mean, I, but I think those are the worst people. I think that's, is everyone the worst people? I mean, I think we all have a lot of dark things about us that are hard to confront. But that is like, one of the reasons why I think tipping is such a emblematic is so emblematic of the kind of toxic systems that are at play because what it does is it gives you a little like it's a little carrot right <laughs> every single person that can afford to go to a restaurant which is still most people right because even if you're lower class actually studies have shown the people that are lower class more often eat out because you know, they go to McDonald's or Burger King or, you know, the diner in town because uh, that is uh, easier when you're going paycheck to paycheck than saving up to buy all your groceries at once or, you know, making sure you have a working refrigerator or things like that. So, um, so yeah, almost everybody has the opportunity to feel that way for a brief moment. Uh, and it's so difficult when you're in that position to look at it at a, at a remove and realize what's going on and realize that this is just your little tiny shred of a participation in a system that is collectively holding people down and prejudicing all, all kinds of groups of people in the country. Uh, and that, to me, is just like the story of America. <laughs> and, and tipping wraps it all up and makes it feel like... Uh, doesn't make it feel like you are bad if you don't participate. It makes you feel good for participating, right? Like, it takes yeah. this toxic thing and it wraps it up, and then you feel good when you give 30%. I'm gonna round up. Sure. I'm gonna round up to this nearest $5. I'm gonna feel good about that. Uh, and that good feeling is the, so insidious. It's just... Ugh. Anyway, I thought about this all while I was in France, because it's great, because you go to the restaurant, and you just order the food, and that's how much it costs. You don't have to do any math. It's just whatever you order, that's how much it costs. It seems pretty good. It's so much better. If we could just avoid all the, the existing problems... And at restaurant three, the third time you have a meal, you have realized that no one's going to like spit in your food or look at you side eye if you don't tip because everyone's already making a living wage. So uh, you lose that sense of like guilt that was ingrained in you for so long from growing up Mm -hmm. in the United States. I will say this. I'm I'm I totally agree. But please don't take this as a reason to be a and stop tipping because you don't participate in the system and now you're not paying people the money that they need. I will say this. I don't know how we solve this yet, but just don't, I don't, I don't want anyone coming away from this podcast and be like, guess what? Listen to Good Bad Show. 
I don't tip anybody anymore, even though that's kind of what they need to survive. I would argue you didn't really listen, if that's what you took out of this. Uh, I listened to the very end. I skipped to 20 minutes in, and I said, I know what I'm going to do. Thanks, Andy and Matt, for making me a bad person. No, actually, I think, um, I think if, you are, if you have the means, you should tip way more than you're currently tipping. Whatever you're tipping, listener, tip more. Uh, it, it's only ever better. Um, and I actually I try to tip uh, people that I think maybe at the receiving end of some unfair prejudices even more just to do my little tiny piece in this admittedly broken and toxic system to try and level the scales a little bit uh, because that's the only way to protest right now. It's actually actually a problem for me whenever we go out to uh, like share the bill somewhere because if it, we do the share the bill thing and I pay for it and then I like ask people to like chip in, people end up sometimes doing the math backwards and being like, how much did you tip? <laughs> I'm not paying for my share of that. That's more than I would have tipped. Or the opposite happens where someone else pays for it and I'm kind of looking at it, I'm like, oh, I hope you tip enough. Otherwise, I'm going to feel guilty because we didn't tip enough. And that's all because tipping is still a thing. Let's get rid of it. Boo, ban tipping. Well, you come up with a way to actually do it and I'm on board. Until then, I'll, keep, I'll just try to tip a little bit more. Not, well, you know, given the current administration, the entire whole of society is going to collapse and then we're gonna have to build it up from scratch so we're gonna have a clean slate pretty soon that's actually pretty it's a lot easier to tip when currency is just rocks right yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes always tip two sticks on every rock it's very important that's the going rate yeah no once we have this clean slate from when uh you know we're building up after the nuclear winter uh we'll just have to agree that in the new world uh, everybody keeps the rocks you get paid a living rocks living rocks wage to help carry the bodies out of the pit <laughs> that sounds like a great idea is that too dark <laughs> well i mean is it it's a dark real it's dark but it's realistic Listen, you're not gonna get paid in rocks rocks are you're gonna get paid in like rations right uh or like clean water right so so do, you don't have to tip clean water you can only pay the amount of clean water that is appropriate for the task at hand and then uh you get to keep the rest of that clean water because we know the person is is being paid a fair clean water rage for doing their job that sounds really nice, Andy. Really nice. It's real utopia. <laughs>